0: Hello, hello. This is Chris Jansen. Welcome to the End Evil Podcast. The End Evil Podcast is dedicated to ending evil whenever and wherever possible. Evil, as described in the book by Jeremy Locke, The End of All Evil, evil is the destruction of freedom. And one thing I love to do is speak with other content creators and other people that have, that are doing art and speaking out. In working towards freedom and working towards the betterment of humanity as i see it for all people and today i'm really excited to have indica martin here with me she's an awesome person that has really done a lot to help children and young people and encourage with her her book and and her work um thanks so much for coming today indica appreciate it
1: absolutely chris thank you so much for having me on today looking forward to it
0: yeah um just your wonderful smile and your point of view, optimistic point of view. It was great having you in the funnel conference and um, sharing your words there. Uh, I really appreciated that. That was a, quite an event to be part of. It was exciting.
1: It really was. I was very impressed by everything. It uh, it uh, had some wonderful speakers on it, um, and I was so blessed to be a part of that. So it was a lot of fun to create what I did. and to see the other content creators, you know, do what they um, put together. It was awesome.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I think many of us all these years have been following, you know, various content creators, like a lot of us share a comment of following uh, Mark Passio's work that has inspired us. And then, And then, you know, little by little, I see this community growing of people that care about things, natural law, that care about freedom and truth. And, and it's really cool to see the networking starting to happen and seeing people working on it in different ways. Right now, Corey Anderlat is doing the end of slavery summit and I'm getting his emails every day and it's exciting seeing all those new videos. So a lot of good things happening. And so, um, you know, I just kind of think it'd be cool to get to know you a little better. And so I thought I'd start by just asking you a little bit about this one thing I'm curious from everybody because we're always trying to reach out to other people. It's like, what got you going? What, what woke you up? How is, what on your personal journey, you know, kind of spurred you to want to write a book or be a speaker or um, talk about these things?
1: Absolutely. That's a, that's going to be a big answer. um, Because it took many years to get to that point. Um, You know, I think that uh, one thing that really took me over to that edge was hearing this is going to be a little different. Okay. It's going to be, I was starting to read about natural remedies and natural cures and, um, you know, that were being used for serious illnesses in the world. And, um, you know, this was something that I wasn't very comfortable talking about. Okay. Uh, you know, I thought everybody was wanting everybody to be healthy, right? Uh, and, you know, if it wasn't healthy for people to consume, um then the word would get out and then it wouldn't be available you know if it was hurting people so when i did some research and i read some people's blogs and stories and you know it started conflicting with uh what i was hearing and this started me on my journey many years ago and the information i was hearing in the public was conflicting and disagreeing with the information that I was reading. So I say, like, what is this all about? So, you know, when a person feels um, or notices that their physical, their mental, um, and their spiritual, you know, bodies um, are, you know, have been violated, okay? And in some cases, it's been their whole life. Um, that was a huge wake-up call for me. Uh, personally, that's the journey of, Why is this happening? You know, and I started looking into these conflicts in the world of, you know, why all this chaos was being allowed and, you know, why was it being started in the first place? And, you know, it was something that was never really talked about in any class or education that I learned anywhere. So when anybody, when anytime I would ask anybody about it, they would just say, well, that's the old, you know, that's the way it's always been. So, you know, if you take the word violate and, um, you know, it's a lot like the word violence, right? Um, so what does it mean? Um, so when you break it down in Latin, it means, um, violare. Okay. And that's how you pronounce it. And it means, it means to treat with violence, dishonor or outrage. And, you know, to be violated, no one has that right to do that. That's all there is to it. It's just completely 100% wrong. And, you know, as a human being, you wonder why. Why is this happening? You know? And some people would, you know, see other people getting violated and they would just turn the other way, you know? Like they don't see what's really going on here and they would ignore what was going on. And, you know, when people uh, treat each other like that and they harm each other, and, you know, when they, when people don't comply, uh, with, uh, other people, um, what happens is, is that they have that fear in them that, that, you know, they, they kind of just give in, they go along to get along, uh, they, they don't know what they're doing. They, oh, somebody told me to do this. So I did it. And I really didn't think about the consequences So um, I just think it's a big manipulation uh, to get people to do things. And that was a big, big wake-up call for me personally, uh, and to see how some people could do that type of manipulation and get away with it. Like, why is this group over here not allowed to do it? But this group over here is allowed to do it. So it's a big psychological manipulation um, on a large scale, controlling a population, to get them to do what they want them to do. And um, I always was questioning that. And a lot of people were like, why are you questioning that? Why can't you just do it? (laughs) Well, you know, I don't want to be uh, ignorant. I don't want to ignore the suffering. Um, You like to think of yourself? uh, Yes. I like to have independent thought, (laughs) And when you do have independent thought they tend to, you know, make fun of you and make you feel like an outcast or they talk about you behind your back and, um, you know, people get embarrassed. So they, you know, that's why people do what they do is because they just don't want to get embarrassed or, oh, he's over there doing that or he's, she's not over there doing that, you know, and, uh, you know what, you have to give up what people think about you. And and so that's what I did. I don't care what anybody, I do care, but, you know, on that kind of scale, I don't. So that uh, was some big topics there that got me to uh, start caring.
0: (laughs) That's interesting now that here we are in the the COVID era, you know, the pandemic era. And you were saying that for you, it was like one of the breakthroughs was alternative healing. And then here we've come back around to where you're like, yeah, I told you guys about this. But years and years ago, you know, I've had a similar thing. Like for years, I haven't felt like um, I really appreciate the medical system in a lot of ways, but I never really questioned it until my own personal health things. I had some issues and then I tried to deal with them somewhat the traditional way with some resistance on my end, of course, but then realizing like their system is totally wacky, you know, it just doesn't even work or make sense. And then I went at those same problems with my own strategies and my own research and found solutions that worked and they're totally in opposition to what you would hear in, you know, the mainstream. So, you know, this stuff sinking Absolutely. in for you, I imagine you've probably learned to take more responsibility for your own health choices outside of the medical system from that, correct?
1: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, awesome. I always do research. Yeah. I always do research. And, you know, one other big wake-up call, you know, many years ago I went to the doctor and I said, you know, I'm using this natural remedy mm-hmm. to her, the doctor. Um, and um, she's she didn't like that and i just thought well it's helping me um it's you know so what's the problem if it's helping me well that's just not something that we can you know recommend and i that's where the questions are why can't you recommend it
0: if it um, works would you want me to feel better uh, isn't that the goal here
1: that that is the goal uh, yeah so that's the <laughs> conflicting the conflicting types of situations that don't add up for me
0: Right, yeah, and that not adding up is kind of what for those of us with inquiring minds, like you said, we run into something for you, it was the health issues and or the you know medical system or you know alternative health, and then you start looking deep, you're like, well, if this doesn't make sense, why doesn't this make sense? And then you know off it goes what they call the rabbit hole, right? We keep bumping into more things yeah. the more we look, and pretty soon it it can be uh you know somewhat devastating to really recognize the extent of the problems. And I'm sure you've had to go through some of that. And it, I would guess that coming through that on the other side of what kind of inspired you, what am I gonna do about this? Because I want to ask next is your book, your wonderful book for children and how Thank that you. came about. And I'm guessing that part of that process was coming to these realizations, being depressed about it and then being like, I wanna do something positive, right? Am I right?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Give to
0: nature and yeah, nature yeah. will give to you. Tell us a little bit of how it came about.
1: Yeah. So, you know, um, geez, that's such a big story. I, um, you know, one day I was looking very hard into my soul. And what I found was, is that I wanted children and parents to have that relationship, um, to be able to talk about deep topics at a very young age. Um You know something that I wanted as a child, and I wanted kids to learn these inherent laws of nature uh, and and how these energies were directly affected by behavior. So this is a very deep topic, and you know the laws of nature are you know um, let's see that there's mentalism, correspondence, um, vibration. There's Polarity, rhythm, cause and effect, and gender. Um, and, you know, these need to be very deeply understood and cared for, right? So I think that uh, the more people are connected to these types of energies, the more that they know that they're very powerful forces in nature. So, you know, you know, this information was not taught to me uh, at a very young age. And I didn't want any kids to go through what I went through. Um, You know, I went through life with blinders on. Um, I had no clue. I was very gullible. You know, whatever you told me, I believed uh, that quickly changed. Okay. Uh, But it was much later in life. So all those years, I was like, you know, just happily trying to, you know, be positive and, you know, you know, just hoping that everything is okay and that. You know we're we're being looked after by the Creator and you know nothing bad should be happening here. You know we're all evolving hopefully as a species and uh, you know I think that um, a lot of kids just don't have these independent thoughts or behaviors. They kind of just you know kind of watch that that square thing screen and they watch many different programming you know type of shows, and uh, it has many subliminal messages in it that we are not aware of, and I wanted to kind of give a, give kids that foundation of these uh, nature's laws, um, so, you know, needless to say, you know, my journey became writing a book about, you know, what I missed as a child, and um, I wanted to have it be very fun and interactive between the adult and the child, hopefully teach the adults some things that they didn't learn, you know, as a child. Um, I think that three three years old, four years old, right when they're learning to talk is a great time to learn these types of energies because it builds that foundation of knowledge, uh, you know, with that child. They, They feel connected to nature. I never felt that way, you know, at all. I felt very disconnected. So, you know, Chris, I never wrote a book before. I didn't know what I was doing. Um, I had a calling and it was very real. Um, It was just like, boom, you know. Uh, You know, this idea came in my head and I said, I'm going to do this and I'm going to write about this. Um, And this was my opportunity to learn the steps of how to self-publish and, um, You know, I got some really great creative people involved. Uh, That's what, you know, one needs to do if they're going to self-publish is you want to get some good people around you that can do things better than you. So you make a good team. You know, I had the ideas. I knew what I wanted. I knew what I did. And I had some great artists and great help and support from many different people. Uh, So basically, I just wanted to give that to kids. And, um, one of the biggest challenges I will tell you, um, is getting this information in, in like a library. Okay. And Hmm. think, oh, well, if I want to, you know, do a book and get it in a library, you know, I should be able to do that.
0: Not so easy, huh?
1: No, not so easy, you know, and and I can see if they want to look at it, judge it and See, you know, if there's anything in there that would hurt somebody or be inappropriate, you know, mm-hmm. but there's nothing in there that's inappropriate. Absolutely uh, no. And yeah, so it's a it's political, and and it's controlled. It's controlled information of what goes in there. So I also created this book. Um, you know, during the shutdown, um, I created it in digital format for um, French, Spanish. And Italian and I did that because I was kind of guided to do that through my spirit through my soul I don't know why I just did it um, obviously there are reasons and, you know but I wanted to reach as many kids as possible so it's extremely difficult to get in front of these groups of people that speak this language these like these three languages Because it's, we've already, we've all been separated on this planet. You know, it's, you know, it's, it's gotten a lot better in the past 20, 30 years with the internet, but it's still not quite where it needs to be. And, um, so, uh, you know, I, I would love to, it's on Amazon, uh, if anybody speaks French, Spanish, or Italian, and they want to show this on their iPad or their tablet. To a child, Uh, my goal is to get this in a hardback book someday and kind of, you know, spread the news all over the world. And uh, I didn't find. By the way, um, I wanted to tell you that uh, I looked everywhere for a book on this topic on the laws of nature. You know, there was not one. It's mind blowing. So it is mind blowing. It's like I don't
0: know why it's like makes me think of the tools. You know, I I think a lot about tools because I spent most of my life as a carpenter and I'm a trades person, you know, and it's like there's certain tools you need to make other tools. And this is one of those tools, like you're saying, if you give it to someone early on, then they can use that tool in their mind to then build upon with the other tools that come from these fundamental first principle type tools of understanding these. You know, hermetic principle type concepts that these are, you know, the basis of reality. Everything else builds off of that. And unluckily for most of us, we never got that. You know, like I've often pointed out to people, the term natural law was never, uh, I never even heard it until I was close to 30 years old. And it's like, that's like, you know, the whole idea had to then sprout from there. Oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And then, you know, I was able to really come a long way with it. But imagine if someone gave me that information when I was three or four, sitting on their knee reading from a book, you know, and Mm -hmm. like the trivium, they never taught us that in school. They never even mentioned it. The first time I heard about it was on um, an anarchist podcast when I was like close to 30 years old. Same thing or in my 30s, late 30s. So, yeah, I think what's What you've really done here is created the possibility that many children could be exposed to these concepts and these ideas and have the tools to build upon from there. And, and that's like, you know, you're just offering them a whole world of possibilities that otherwise they just don't know about because no one told them. You know, I think one of the things my dad gave me was he goes question things, even question what I say. And that was really stuck in my head and allowed me to learn and, process some of the things where you know i'm able to speak on now so uh, i think that's huge how long did you say it would take it took you from the time when you kind of had the idea and started working on it to when you were actually finishing the book and getting it published
1: from beginning to end it took four years
0: wow now, what that a was, project that was
1: that was working full-time you are
0: doing your full-time well, job this is on the side that's,
1: mm. that's correct and you know i had to work with the artist schedules, what they were doing, you know, and, uh, they had to take. And you're using and your own money
0: to hire people too, huh?
1: Right. Right. You so it's, a love. it's, it's the love of what I'm doing. Yes, that's correct. So wow. yeah, that really in shows in a lot of children.
0: commitment and willpower to push through all those challenges and to make that happen. It's a beautiful thing. And, um, it's something Thank many you. people are lacking that follow through. I don't know. So many of us want to write a book and haven't quite got there yet. I'm among this, you know, but <laughs> so, um, you know, it's inspiring. You
1: can do it. Everybody wants to do it. I know that there's a lot of yeah. people love, they want to write their own book.
0: Right. Right.
1: And just got to stay focused and, you know, make a plan.
0: Absolutely. Right. And follow through, you know, I mean, for me, follow what I am through. able to do is the show and the podcast and, I don't think people realize just how much work goes into these things, Uh, you know, when you're especially like you're saying working full time. Maybe you have your own family and children, and then you're trying to find extra time in the evenings and on the weekends to do this service to humankind, you know, and wanting to do more of it even. And it's just it's a lot to do. And so um, I think it's very commendable.
1: Well, thank you so much. I greatly I appreciate it.
0: So. You know, this show, I call my show End Evil. And I think it's, yeah. to me, it's, a, great it's a good topic because it's like, uh, I think the word itself is misconstrued, just like God. Um, when I grew up, it's like I was saying, I grew up in church where they, they defined God in a particular way. It wasn't until years later when someone said, Oh, natural law. And I'm like, Oh, that's a different way to think about it. You know, it's kind of the same thing with evil. You know, I think evil is presented to us in a silly way in, in Disney movies and, and um, religions, but I think there's a lot more to it. So I'd be curious to see from your point of view, what does it mean to you when I say evil or ending evil? Is that even possible?
1: Well, um, I would say that, you know, the more that evil gets exposed, which it is getting exposed more every day, it's just too slow for me. I want it, I want everything to pour in and just bring it all in and just rip the band aid off. That's what I want. However, you know, it's probably not going to happen that way. Um, You know, the more it's exposed on a grand scale, uh, and uh, I'm going to hope that it's going to be, uh, the more people can't stay in denial anymore. uh, Maybe the healing can start to begin, and that will be very beautiful if I can see that. You know, evil seems to always, it's always going to look for opportunities um, to get into people's psyche. Without them knowing it, Um, you know, you know, our free will allows us to choose between good and evil. And this is very elementary to me. It's always been very elementary to me. Um, But, you know, some people do not care about the suffering. That evil is. Doing or that it's 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 through us. You know, and what is taking place right this second, you know, five years ago, 10 years ago, you know, on the other hand, when somebody allows, um, you know, when somebody gives in to allowing the suffering to continue, I think that our intuition knows it's wrong. They they just do. Uh, They may not be able to talk about it. So in reality, you know, nobody really gets by with doing any wrongdoing. You know, um, I think that, uh, it's like you said, um, you know, it's a way for, it's kind of like, you know, it's an experience here. We are going through this life as an experience, like an experience. And we're here to learn these values, morality, nature's laws and you know what we decide to do and you know how we you know either turn the cheek or you know ignore what's going on i think those are the things that you know our creators looking at and um it's not a good idea to ignore any type of suffering um you know oh it's like people are like oh i can't do anything about that all these kids over here they're they're being taught this this subject over here in school and it's disgusting i I can't do anything about that you know people feel very powerless and they don't like to be embarrassed like i said before they don't want the attention on them and um they're so embarrassed that they they're they're, there's they feel like they they really want to be a part of group and if, uh, you know, let's say that that a parent wants to start something at a school, then they're afraid or they fear that it's those teachers or that, you know, the the people there that run the school are going to make it hard for their child because their parent is causing some, you know, conflicting, you know, opinions about what they do in their class and what they're taught at school uh, or what they're kids are having to live through or what they're having to eat at their school. You know, there's all these parents that don't like what's going on, but they don't really want to do anything about it. They just want to keep going along to get along. And finally, you know, you just come to that point where you're like, enough is enough. You just you can't you can't let it continue. That's what we're all being taught here. I think the you know what we tolerate, what we put up with, what we, you know, this is very important that we stand up for ourselves as a species and for our children especially because they're innocent. They have to do exactly what you tell them to do. You know, if if you tell a child, you've got to go here to this office and get this done, you're going to do it because you trust your parents. Some parents don't care. And some par- parents do, and uh, there's consequences, and uh, you know it's not something that I would want to be a part of, not the negative consequences. So you know there has to be a lot of love involved. Um, I think that uh, you know evil too. You know you've all heard of the, the Milgram. Have you have you heard of the Milgram oh, experiment? absolutely. Right.
0: Yes. Yeah. Okay.
1: Sure. You know, and I learned about that just probably six years ago. I was like, what's this? This is really wild. So in 1963, I believe, um, Professor Milgram, and he was a Yale professor, he decided to, you know, um, put out an ad in the paper and pay these people like $4 and something per hour uh, to come in for an hour. And and it was an experiment on what people or how people would be obedient um, if they were causing suffering? Would they continue to do it if they were told to, even though they were watching the suffering and hearing the suffering? Could they continue to do it? And not everybody, but most of them did it.
0: Overwhelmingly, majority. And those tests have been done since. And again, the same
1: thing. Right, for four dollars and some cents an hour, and these people, they, they, oh, I'm going to go to Yale University, and I'm going to do this experiment with this professor. He's got so much more education than I do. I'm going to really respect him, and I'm going to do what he tells me to do. And uh, and the experiment really worked to show that people will do. Just about anything. Basically,
0: people were electrocuting someone in the next room. It turns out they weren't really, but they thought they were. Right. And they were willing to, you know, if this doctor in their ear saying, oh, turn the electricity on, the person got the question wrong, you know, someone answered the question wrong, you were going to zap them. And even to the point where it sounds like in their headphones that the person they're zapping is screaming, having a heart attack, and they would continue to do it as long as the doctor would prompt them to say, yep, keep doing it. And uh, I think there was only one person in that first experiment out of 30 or 40 that really, really said, no, absolutely not. And then there's been multiple other iterations of the same experiment done and the same thing happens. And and what I've heard interesting is in one iteration is when you put um, different people in the room and there's not someone urging that person or somebody else says, you know, I don't want to be part of this and walks out. Then people will start to come around and be like, you know, this isn't right. But if, if if there's a person in authority there telling them, no, this is what you're supposed to do, people will do it almost always. And, and the majority of people will, which to me shows how much we're conditioned. And you've already hinted to a lot of the things that cause the conditioning in our society, you know, our educational system our some of our religious, you know, there's good sides of some of the religious institutions, but the negative sides, I think outweigh because it convinces people that you should always bow to authority, that you should believe stories that you're told and do them without, you know, really analyzing them carefully. And so, so many of these institutions and ways things are done in society mask what evil really is. And when you really get down to the core of it, it's taken away someone's ability to choose, to say, no, I don't want to do that. Imagine that. Training people that you should do that. And that's an okay thing to do, to have people that have power over other people and that can tell them you better do this or else. And we accept that. We accept that in our military, our police, our systems of political power. And it's like, without that thinking embedded somewhere in your head that, well, it's important to think for yourself. Instead, we're getting that thinking embedded in people that always do as you're told, that's basically the main message of school, which to me, you know, I was very traumatized by it. So, you know, you said quite a few things there that really brought me back to my childhood and that's why i was getting excited there to um you (laughs) know i think ultimately we can't though i mean like we can't just come out and stop all this stuff all at once you know like if if i could i would but i can't go out and just you you know destroying things and and shooting people or whatever you know those those things aren't aren't going to teach future generations the right way to be you know although the self-defense aspect is extremely important. What I really wind up talking about the most in this podcast is the personal growth aspect and what we can do within ourselves because I think we set a better example for others and they might actually want to listen to us, you know, whereas a lot of times in the past I've tried to tell people, this is the way it is, this is what I realized, and you get a lot of resistance because people feel like you're talking down to them. But when I'm working on myself and say, well, here's what I'm doing, Here's what I've tried to change about my life. I feel like that gives a little more opportunity for others to learn. And that's one reason I love so much your work, because you really thought that out. Well, who could I affect the most? Well, children, how could I affect the most? Well, will give them some creative writing that is embedded with tools that will help them get through life. And that's just fantastic. And um, so I'd like to hear a little bit about your opinion on um, self-growth and working on ourself to create change in the world.
1: Yes um and I appreciate that and then also I would encourage anybody to um look into the YouTube videos of the Milgram experiment. Uh they've got little 5-minute videos and they they are very um educational. Uh so um I think that uh you know as far as self growth is concerned for, first I think one needs to care um if they want self growth Um, If care is not present, um, they are not going to work on self-growth at all. Um, They are going to continue the same day-to-day, you know, activities and become stagnant instead of um, being in that growth mode. So if one does care, I think, um, you know, they will continue to research for the answers. Um, and keep looking, because that's the key, is that, you know, I I always wanted to know the answers, and I could never get the answers from any adult in my life, so people tend to give up, they just give up, and they don't, they read one thing, and they think, oh, I found the answer, and, um, you know, I don't have to work in research anymore, so, you know, it takes uh, persistence, it takes perseverance, and. Takes a lot of patience because you're going to have to take a lot of time of your personal time um, that you may maybe used to watch TV, maybe you used to play games, maybe you used to do other things with your personal time. But if you start looking into these topics that we're talking about today, uh, you'll find some answers, um, you know. But you, you need to care, you need to have that care. Um, you know, it's not going to come quickly at all. I think but at the same time i want to encourage people it's it's definitely something you know i did it much later in life and i'm encouraging people to do it much earlier in life than i did you know i i started doing it probably 8 years ago 7 years maybe yeah 7 or 8 years ago i mean so all of my life i had blinders on i had it i had a really good idea about things but I was so confused, you know. I, I couldn't find any answers. It, the internet really helped in listening to podcasts and reading, and talking to people. Um, so you know, I would encourage everybody, you know, you know, once you find something that is interest, like mine was natural remedies, you know, uh, research and read and you know learn and watch and verify and keep reading into it, uh, and and then it takes you on to another path. And then takes you down a little bit of that rabbit hole, and then it'll take you somewhere else. Everything goes down another path. So, uh, you know, uh, it's it's important to start with what's important to you. So, um, you know, it's not a matter of advising anybody. It's a matter of just encouraging. Um, and, uh, you know, we all want to we all want to learn. You know, it, we all want to. I would I would uh, encourage to learn consciousness because um, that is the basis of understanding what's going on in your mind, your, your body and your spirit and in the communities that we live in and the world that we live in. I think unless you become real conscious of that and aware um, of what's going on, that is the key because, um, you're not just going to go through life with blinders on anymore. Uh, You're, you're going to be thinking about how your behavior affects the aggregates, uh, how your, uh, your behavior affects your soul um, and your neighbor's soul and your community's soul. um, You know, and what people don't really understand is how it affects everyone. You're, Everyone's behavior affects everyone. Um, So, you know, this is the the talk about morality. Um, You know, so we have to encourage each other uh, to do the right thing. um, And always do that. So, uh, you know, it's just like with that experiment we were just talking about, the Milgram experiment. No matter what somebody tries to get you to do, always try to do the right thing. If it's going to hurt or harm, it's probably not a good idea. And and that goes for any kind of, you know, mental type of abuse or physical or any type of thing that you could do to yourself or someone else could do to you. Um, It's, uh, you know, there's all kinds of things that are happening to us. Um, At every moment, um, we're bombarded by so many things with Food, water, this, that, and the other thing—I could go on and on and on, you know. And people, I, I, will, I will get in groups with people, and uh, they won't even question it, you know. They will not question things, and then they, they think I'm really funny because I I question everything, and then they start laughing at me. And people do not want to be embarrassed; they just they want to listen to what they were told. Um, they, uh, you know, they want some kind of figure to tell them how to feel, think, and act. And that, that's where the independent thought was lost. And that's where I tried to bring it back with the foundation of the natural laws being taught at a very young age. Um, you know, um, I think that um, we are taught to uh, respect. We, we need to respect authority. We need to respect our teachers and our these people in our lives that we grew up with uh, and we don't, you know, if we question them or ask some questions, why is it this way? Why is it that way? Then the teacher or there's somebody we get aggravated with this. And we always, you know, um, you know, but anyway, it's, it's, uh, it goes a long way. But the manipulation is, is beyond anything of what's happening. Um, and uh, we need to not get used to it any, any longer. It's not acceptable. So
0: yeah, and like you you've pointed out, like the easy path is always um for sale. It's being advertised, it's being sold. And I think there is a natural tendency in the human to um like survival, to get along with the herd, basically, to not stand out right. because you know if it seems like um, that's dangerous, right? It causes fear. If you're different, if you're outside of the herd, you're the one that's going to get picked off. If everybody's laughing at you, you're the one that's going to get attacked or singled out. And so, you know, I think there is a natural tendency to kind of blend in and to fit in. And, and I understand that and I recognize it. Mm-hmm. And it's important, I think, to tell, to say anyone who's going down the path of self-work, it's dangerous business, you know? But I've often thought of the allegory of climbing a mountain. You know, if you decide I'm going to climb a mountain, there's going to be some parts on that journey that you're not going to be comfortable. It's going to be tricky. But in order to reach that exhilaration of making it to the top and what you learn from doing that, you have to go through those tricky times. And this path that we've been on is not easy. There's going to be some depression. You know, there's going to be some anxiety. There's going to be, you have to go through these stages. But what on the other end of it, you know, I think you can say there's a lot of benefit, right, to have done that hard work and have pushed yourself through these things. Now you've got a book you published. Now you feel good about yourself for sharing something with children that might actually change people's lives that will, I'm sure will, any child that's um, exposed to your work, for instance. So, you know, I think it goes a long way. To me, the interesting thing, the one last kind of topic I want to bring up where you talk about a couple of minutes is the discipline aspect of that because on the one hand we're saying here you know authority not good you know authority is people telling other people here's what you have to do you know but there is this aspect of discipline that comes into play when we're doing our self-work and when we're um working with children where if we don't have any discipline and respect we lose the ability to teach how to um, respect each other's boundaries and even respecting our own boundary. One of my biggest hurdles has been disciplining myself so I can actually get things done, you know, like whether it's like a little (laughs) book every day or do a little exercise so I'm in good enough shape to do my podcast. And so I'm just curious your thoughts on discipline, self-discipline and in the self and then in relation to children, either way you wanna go with it or both.
1: Sure. I, that's a great question. Um, So what has really helped me um, was giving my time and attention to what matters. And um, it's kind of like switching gears, uh, you know, in a car instead of being in neutral. So you're going to the first and second and third and fourth. And then, yeah. So, um, you know, it's anything like, you do, you know, you get up and brush your teeth. I mean, that's discipline, right? You're trying to take care of yourself. Um, You know, if and as far as what people do and, you know, activities that what kids do with their parents, um, you know, the time and attention that parents give to their children um, is a discipline that um, if I had to do it over again, I would have done more of it um you know i did a lot of great good things and i you know i wasted a lot of time i wasted a lot of time in my life um i think that i would have done a better job teaching the morals and values at a younger age um but uh you know i think that it takes it takes that labor of love you have to Love what you do, and the discipline will come, okay? You either want to take care of yourself physically, mentally, spiritually, or you don't think it's important, okay? You know, it has to be that, you know, that labor of love. Like I said, um, I think that, um, you know, I I think I must have did something pretty okay in my past life. Because uh, I've always had that urge to um, try to do the right thing. Um, I'm not perfect at all. I never have been perfect. And, you know, I don't think perfection is the goal. I think the goal is to um, do the right thing and to, you know, it's not like I'm I'm working for the soul of the earth. I'm working for the soul of the children. Uh, Somebody has to stand up to, for them, Um, you know, and a lot of people do stand up for the children in many different ways. Uh, But I think that, you know, I think that it's about taking my time and going to, like you said, it's like climbing the mountain. Each step you're climbing higher and higher and then, you get to that place where you feel good and you just did something, you completed a task, you completed a project uh, that you worked so hard on. And then you got to, then you got to figure out how to get down the mountain. So that's the hardest part is getting down the mountain. I think, Uh, you know, there's a lot of, you're going to have to go through some things. So it's, Always staying disciplined to do the right thing instead of getting sidetracked because every corner you look at, you're being sidetracked. You know, look over here, do this. You got to think about this now, and oh, this holiday is coming up, so you got to think about this and take your attention away from this over here. That what really matters, and oh, and then it's all these distractions all the time. So it uh, does take a toll um, with. Anybody, I don't care who they are, but some people, they just plow right through and they're very disciplined um, with anything that they do. They they just do everything by the minute, you know. Um, I'm not quite like that. <laughs> I do uh, struggle with a little bit of time management, um, but but uh, I, I stay, try to stay on that path and continue to grow spiritually, mentally, um, and take care of myself. Um, you know, it's my job to do that. It's, it's why we're here. It's, you know, we're trying to do the best that we can. And I think that uh, that's pretty much it as far as the self-discipline is concerned.
0: Yeah, really. I don't hear, I think I've heard anybody say like you did about coming back down the mountain, you know, and it reminds me of, <laughs> you know, all these times in life when I've had these big realizations, I'm like, oh, I see the problem. I know it needs to be done. And then right. you got to stop and think about, it. oh, yeah, but that means, what do I do? You know, how do I do it? You know, that's this is going to take a while. This is going to be hard. This is a big problem. And that is kind of the coming down the other side of a realization of, you know, we we learn and learn and we get passionate about an idea, but then it's like, okay, now I know about it. I, I mean, just standing here complaining is not going to get us anywhere. Now I got to start working on something and turn this into right. proactive. And that's really, I think, where... The discipline comes in where we have to, like you were saying, when you're writing the book, you had to find time on the weeknight or the weekend. And it'd be easy to just keep putting that off. Like, I'll do it tomorrow. I'm going to watch Cheers. Believe me, I wanted (laughs) to. You know, but you you must have stopped watching the shows and you stopped doing the other things and you felt passionate about this. So I I really like, too, how you tied that into finding people's passion, you know, research something that gets you fired up and keep doing that research until it spurs you. To the next thing, because you do start to feel um, like mm-hmm. a train moving at a certain or an arrow. I like to describe it as an arrow when you're moving in a direction. You're not so easily distracted or hit by all these things. And the phone, right? You know, turn the damn thing off. Turn the notifications off. You know, you have to find a way if you want to accomplish. That's right. To um, set aside times, and and I think that's important with children too. Setting the example for them and kind of instituting that ability in them to discipline themselves and um you know we're not going to have an honorable society if children don't understand that there are rules or there are consequences to our actions and that's what we see in the world is basically all this media is trying to convince you that there aren't consequences Mm -hmm. that there is no such thing as natural law that there is no such thing as objective morality and so, right. you know, by showing the principles you, you have, it helps a young person understand that, you know, there are, there are fundamental first principles in reality and doesn't matter if you like them or not, they're going to, they're going to have their consequence, right. you know, the law of, you know, cause and effect, you know, where there's going to be a consequence to your actions. So I think we, we model that and um, we encourage others when they see us doing this process. And I, I mean, I see the, um, joy and the uh, spirit and the passion when you speak and your eyes and your heart comes out because you've done that work. And I think when we do that, it's just, it kind of naturally flows out. So I really appreciate everything you've been saying today. Um, we'll close it up in a few minutes here. Any last thoughts or anything that are popping into your head that you didn't get to say yet?
1: You know, uh, I, I would just say that uh, I used to be a TV watcher. I mean, everybody has things that they've done in their life, you know, I was programmed to do that. My my mom set me in front of a TV when I was 3 and said sit there and be quiet. That was it. She didn't spend hardly any time with me. That's okay. It's just the way it was. And you know, it 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 continued, you know, into my life, you know. A lot of time was wasted and when I did this book, I gave the tv up i got it out of the the level where you know in my house there are no tvs no tvs um i i don't want them around i i don't think that the programming is a positive thing and a tv program programs the mind i don't care what anybody says it happens it's true uh it, it uh, takes you down a different path than creativity and, and using your imagination. And most of all, you're wasting time. I'm not trying to say you're wasting time. I wasted my time. And uh, I don't want to do that anymore. And it's uh, time is very, very precious. Uh, every second, every moment that I can work on myself and try to learn. And to uh really bring that consciousness. Consciousness is the key. Um I, I know that it's it's not it's not my opinion. It is a fact. Uh when you're more conscious, you're on the path. So uh whatever you're working on and you're conscious of it, you're going the right way. So you know, that's,
0: that's huge. That's I, I'm kind of getting the shivers right
1: now because I noticed that <laughs> seriously, okay, like good. the more I'm it's um, the, conscious that's the, that's the uni- and aware, that's the universe talking to you.
0: Yeah. You start to experience yeah. the synchronicities and the moments where you're like, oh, well, this symbolizes this and it all makes sense. Even though I was upset, this is why that happened. You know, all of a sudden when you're in that state of mind, you start to see all the connections or, or more so, right. you know, the more you're right. conscious and aware and then you also ask yourself those questions like, why am I wasting my time watching this right now? This is negative material, or, you know, why, why am I indulging in this behavior that's not really working towards what I care about and feel passionate about? So, yeah, that's so huge. Thank you so much, Indica. I value your time and I value you. And that's part of what makes this reality so amazing is that we only get so much time here and it is precious I and mean, it is super valuable and, you know, society and, TV and all these structures are going to kind of try to devalue the wonder and the uh, beauty of this divine reality that we have that we are getting to experience consciousness through this physical body mm-hmm. and through this mental uh, amazing machinery of nature, you know, and so let's make the most of it, folks, and and um, take a good example from Indica and find huh? your passion and create something and put it in the world that might. Or positively will affect.
1: Oh, and by and by the way, Chris, I want to tell you, um, if any parents out there, any people that uh, you know, there is the holiday season coming up. If uh, you want to give a child, uh, or you want to spend some time with a child that you know that they're from ages of three to eleven, uh, I um, have a website. Um, it is www.givetonaturebook.com. That's www.givetonaturebook.com, and you can go on and uh, order it, and uh, I'll send it wherever you want. Just give me some direction on the notes, uh, and uh, I look forward to uh, seeing how that goes. And uh, I really appreciate the time today, Chris. It's always great to come on and and be able to express, uh, you know, how we uh, want to see things in the world and what we're doing, um, with our time and attention. And I, I, again, I just thank you very much for your time today.
0: Wonderful. And I, I will share that link, um, when I publish this episode and I'm going to try to make That's sure great. we get that done in the next, um, week, week and a half here, because it would be really great to, you know, give that opportunity for some parents. What a great gift, you know, a, a book that can give your kids the tools for life, you know? So, um, if you're going to go out and buy gifts, there's a good gift to buy something that will um, actually make a positive change so thanks so much indica i really appreciate it um absolutely we'll, we'll have to have another talk in the future and um i just hope i hope a lot of people hear this and i hope a lot of kids get to read your book oh and i have that link well, also so from much. um john reading it on the youtube channel so i'll share that too cuz that was a good <laughs> yeah. Thing we did. yeah that's great kind of yeah right on thanks so much indica have have a wonderful day And thanks, listeners. You're very welcome.
1: And you do the same. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Peace.